Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Market Disruptor Show. Today we are live in action. I'm actually on a whirlwind tour. I'm at the fourth conference I've been at in 10 days. A lot of it's been spent with my good friend Alex Fetsky here. I've had him on the show one time before and he is a, he's a deep thinker. He's someone that's really spent a lot of time to think things through um, from multiple different angles. And so um, it's someone I like to sit down with and bounce ideas off of as I kind of work through things myself. Um, so anyway, welcome back to the show, Alex. Thank you, man. And I uh, appreciate the comments as yeah. usual. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're going to dig into some stuff today um, that kind of maybe carries from our first um, interview that we did. And that might be a little bit different than the information I bring to you on a regular basis. So don't turn this off just yet because it's something that's super important. And uh, what I want to talk about today is um, ways to think through critical issues. Um, it's something that's very lacking that we have today. Um, we're in this like instant gratification world where everybody wants to read a headline and then draw a conclusion, right? But um, I get comments on my videos, I'm taking complex subjects, distilling them down in 20 minutes, and people yeah, are like, yeah. give me the headline. I'm like, dude, you can't understand a deep subject, right? And so, um, a couple of things that I'm thinking through, and you can help me with this, is just like, um, maybe like some sort of a structure or a sequence that could help people see through headlines and get to um, a priori truths, as you call them, mm -hmm. right? Or as they're mm -hmm. called, or first principles. And so, here's something that I'm kind of, having conversations with a lot about. And um, there's so much distortion in the markets today um, that a lot of times we get stuck making arguments at levels that we shouldn't be discussing things. Um, an example of this would be um, the news breaking out right now is BlackRock is buying all the homes up. And they're stealing the American dream from young couples and forcing them into serfdom. Now they have to rent. They're buying them for 35% over market value because they've been given free money from the Fed. I had 900 comments on my video saying this is wrong, this is horrible, should be illegal, and I agree, but I don't believe there should be a law like why don't we just take away the money printer that gives them the money in the first place. So there's lots of arguments that we can make on these. We can talk about masks, is that the right argument to make? So tell me, what do you think about that? Well, <clears throat> like you said, it's, it's an argument on the wrong level. So the most important thing with all of this stuff is trying to find a consistent thread, right? Because like if you keep flip-flopping on morals and principles it's like I'm for freedom of speech um, and I'm for private property but like that crazy lady that jumped up on stage when Jack was speaking yeah, yeah speaking so like I didn't see that but like you know someone told me the background story with her and she's like you know chained herself like to the Twitter um, headquarters in right. California or whatever yeah. like there's some nut jobs out there but yeah the thing is that it's symptomatic thinking versus causal thinking right okay. so, so so they're trying to deal with a symptom and they're saying that's the problem whereas there's a cause back upstream that no one's talking about or no one's trying to deal with right and and th th this is where sort of bitcoiners differentiate from a lot of other people is that you know we've spent time thinking about how to remain consistent in the process of trying to remain consistent with our arguments we've realized that upstream a lot of the problems happen here and then you get these symptomatic weird after effects right. um, that occur in society like the Black Rocks buying things like you know tech oligopolies like the only reason so I've got to finish this article at some stage but I'm writing uh, the rise of the technocratic Leviathan and the point of that article is about how the fact that a monopoly on money existed like the fact that a, a state exists 
actually that institution or that organization gave rise to the technocratic leviathans that are taking over now. So right. the Googles, the Facebooks, etc. Right. And why? They, you know, capitalism sort of is like this, this energy that, you know, all free markets kind of permeate all existence. Like we as human beings, all we do is, you know, we take out time and energy, we take, you know, natural resources and we actually do something with these things. So, right. so we're always producing something. So you can't actually rip that out of society. Right. But, you know, in some societies where that is, um, you know, more functional, you get, you know, more progress, etc. But innovation always occurs. Capitalism is always occurring. Right. Now, when you couple that with a system where you can, you know, you, you can shift the, what, what can we call it, the, the resource allocation uh, in favor of one group to another by decree, not through com- competitive... Hey guys, let me just interrupt this interview real quick just to plug the show sponsor, and that is BlockFi. Now, BlockFi is doing amazing things in the Bitcoin finance space. As a matter of fact, they've cracked some really big news by bringing on the ex-CFTC chair, Chris Giancarlo, um, and they are one of the most transparent, most heavily regulated um, companies inside the United States, which gives me a lot of trust um, into what their services are. Now, I've recently did a video talking about how to retire off of Bitcoin. And you can do that by leveraging debt and interest against Bitcoin. And BlockFi is the the number one company in the United States or maybe in the world to go to and use. Um, they are leading the charge. They're paying interest on your Bitcoin if you park it with them, or you can borrow against it. Now, as I broke down in that video, you can borrow against your Bitcoin. And when you take debt against it, it's not taxable. It's not a taxable event. You can use that debt for anything that you want, including to live off of, to leverage up and buy more, or roll it into another asset. Um, you can do something like I've done recently, like sell some real estate, put that money into Bitcoin. Now, as that Bitcoin price has risen, I'm able to borrow against it and go back and buy the same real estate or something similar. And I still own the Bitcoin and I also own the new asset as well. Lots of ways you can do this. um, And BlockFi is the company that I recommend. Down in the description, I have a link that you can click on. If you choose to use that link, you can earn up to $250 in Bitcoin just for using that link. So check out BlockFi now. Um, not, Not through competition. You get a situation where as you're doing it, you're still going to want to bet on the most competitive that, that's out there, the most innovative. But you'll create a flywheel effect where the, the, the couple that are ahead, you're going to give them you know, nitrous oxide, whereas everybody else is not going to have it. So you'll end up creating an oligopoly around the state. So that's why you know, you've got your companies like your DuPonts, your Pfizer's, your Googles, your Microsofts and all of this, because they are the beneficiaries of cheap money printing. They are the beneficiaries of all of our 401ks. They are the beneficiaries of all of the excessive uh, money that gets dumped on Wall Street and everything. So they end up with all the money, all the resources, and they can do stuff that no smaller competitor can do because they've got all of this extra money that they shouldn't have had in the first place. But again, it's, it's an upstream problem. Likewise with BlackRock. Um, and trying to solve the, trying to fix the symptom, all it's gonna do is create another set of problems. Unintended consequences. 100%, this is the Cobra effect the in Cobra action, effect, yeah. right? Which we spoke about last time. Yeah. So, so we, we, we have to like, and this is where the stoicism of a Bitcoiner really comes in into play is like, as much as we might be angry about all of these things, I mean, look, I, I'm a perfect example. I got censored on, like, I got perma banned off Twitter for, for nothing, right. like for calling someone a skank, 
Right. You know, like, wow. But Permaband, for something, you know, I spent three, four years to build up, you know, like, I've, like it was a really yeah. good profile. Gonski's. Now, it's there 100% right to do that. I'm not angry about that. I'm, you know, maybe pissed off about, like, the thought police element of it. But, you know, whatever, it's their right to do so. But that's not where the problem is. Right. The problem is upstream. So I'm wondering if you have some sort of a thought process that helps you get down to that level. So for example, using the block rock thing as an example. So um, they're buying up homes, 35% over. They're putting single family people into serfdom. Now they have to rent. People are mad and people tell me that we should pass laws to make that illegal. And that's like, that seems like a knee jerk reaction, as you said, treating the symptom. So do you have some sort of a framework that maybe be like do you just ask why a bunch of times or like um, how does the average person that doesn't really understand this get to that level I mean is there any way to do that it's I guess this is where the first principles that we spoke about last time really matter right so it's like you know what what matters to you and let's maybe let's maybe list them so like you know do, do you believe in private property like right. that which is yours um, you should have the right to do what you want with right um, and you know the limitation or the boundary of that is not to encroach upon you know what somebody can do with their own private property. So you know, so that that's something you know I think we can all largely agree with, unless you're a two-year-old or a socialist, as right. uh, Safe would say. You know, another thing would be you know the freedom of speech, like the the right to think and say that which you believe. Right. You know, so we agree with that. So it's about kind of finding like you know what what else do you think could be. Um, you know, well, I think uh, I think I think that's good, right? So if you think about it, where you have like these, I guess you have to have this this understanding of base truths. So private property, for example, right? So if I believe in private property, um, but then you're using private property for something I abhor or I hate, well, I don't think it should be right for you to do that. But I don't want a law to be passed to make it illegal for you to do that because it's your private property and you should have the right to do as you see fit. And so I guess it's like this, uh, where you're holding these contrasting thoughts in your mind. Mm, mm. And maybe that's where people have that breakdown. Uh, yeah. And maybe, maybe because they don't understand that base truth enough. That, yes. But, but then, like, you know, just to counter that playing devil's advocate is like on the flip side you know someone on that side of the fence might argue well we do live in this world of the fiat world these guys get an unfair advantage we're we're paying for it by becoming the serfs how else should we fight for this should we use the the, the tools of the state to fight against the state you know so it's like so so there's there's like a question of integrity there's a question of um there's a question of efficacy there's a question of what works what doesn't work like it's maybe, hard, maybe, what, uh, and another example of this again would be um, Twitter banning you. Mm -hmm. Well, they're a private company; they should have the right to refuse service, right? And so, like as a business owner, I want to retain the right to refuse service to whoever I wish or hire fire whoever I wish. Mm -hmm. um, but then I'm not happy they're banning people, censoring people. And I guess maybe the lines have gotten so muddied between. State like so this this fiat money system has distorted so many things yeah. Yeah. where there's really no way to have that discussion or come out with any comparable answer. There isn't, and and this is why I always come back full circle to the only way we solve any of this stuff is by first bankrupting the state. Like unless we do that, 
all we're doing is we're in like we're in the heat of battle here like we're not doing anything it's all tactical bullshit like the only strategy that works is bankrupt the state you, you, you turn the tap off up here like if, if you want to beat an enemy at a war you don't go and fight the enemy consistently you go blow up their food right you go blow up their water supply they're fucked right they're right, finished right, right. you know like and this is like age old strategy like right. and that's what works and now here, stop feeding the beast stop feeding the beast like we're, we're literally paying our jailers and yeah. I think I said that yeah. to you or someone whatever it was but like we're, we're, we're keeping them in business and then we're wondering why they run such a bad business yeah yeah and then it almost like pits us against each other because now we're arguing over issues that really you're damned if you do damned if you don't right like either side of the issue is not a good outcome of course yeah. and so now you and I are at each other talking about that and now maybe we're fighting about it when really neither answer is good because the problem doesn't get solved there it gets solved at a different level exactly exactly and this is where like all that energy all that stuff like I mean you know I love what George is doing here at the event and everything but most of the people here speaking at the event and I say this with all due respect but they're sitting here talking about like suing the Federal Reserve that's not going to do anything like don't sue the Federal Reserve. Get your money out of their system. You know, take your wealth, take your capacity and move it out. Well, like, Let's talk about that. That's a good point to bring up. So, um, so specifically, let's talk about one of these issues, for example. So um, the problem with BlackRock is pricing people out of homes. That's kind of an urgent problem. Like, we need to, like, this needs to be fixed right now because people need to go buy homes to live in. Um, owning private property is one of the base things of building an economy. That's important. People should have a home, and maybe that's a whole other conversation. Um, but really, the problem isn't the law. The problem is the Fed giving them the money, right? Mm -hmm. So in that scenario, let's not, let's not make new laws. Let's go change the Fed. But here's the problem. Going to change the Fed takes a really long time. It could be a decade if we're lucky before, I don't know, a couple years, whatever, if we're lucky before we stop that versus we might be able to get a law passed in six months. So, like, is it like this multi-prong, like, should we wait a decade long-term perspective to, to solve the problem at its root or do we deal with it on a more immediate basis? Okay, so define... Emer emergency basis. Okay. What do you mean by solving the problem with the Fed? Like, do you mean like going through their channels to try and take, solve it? Taking or away the money printer. Taking away the money printer. Okay. Right. Yeah. Stop feeding the beast. Yeah. So, so yeah. Like, the reality of taking the food from the beast is is real, and I believe we'll do it. But I believe it's going to be over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we have an immediate need right now that a law might be able to fix. Well, it might be able to give the illusion of fixing perhaps well it fixes the symptom yeah. it treats the symptom yeah. I had heartburn I took an antacid it's probably going to cause more problems in my body later but at least it took away the heartburn today yeah well this is one of those things it's like at what point do you draw the line right I mean I don't I don't know I, I, I really I mean let, let's let's talk through the worst case scenario let's say we don't do anything BlackRock keeps buying houses at over market price what happens then What's the next logical Then they step? own all the single-family homes, and nobody in America can own a home, and everybody is a surf on the land renting them. Okay, and then, um, so what happens when the rent can't be afforded? By BlackRock? No, by the people who are the, the surfs. Um, well, then the state will probably subsidize that, and BlackRock will still make its money, maybe, uh -huh. I guess? Uh -huh. so, so people will still get housing that's affordable. They just won't own it. Mm -hmm. But isn't owning private property a key piece of an economy? 
Yeah, but in, in the world today, I don't think, like, whether it's BlackRock, I mean, Australia's probably got a bigger problem than the US. And, 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 that's, and that's, like that's the Chinese one problem. Let's, let's jump to another one, and I want to be careful because it's going to go on YouTube. But we have a uh, medical condition going around the world today that may or may not be uh, in agreement by a lot of people, we'll say. Um, and we have um, employers today that are taking actions against people based off of unsound evidence, um, right? And so I would like them not to do that so we could pass a law that says business owners aren't allowed to take those actions. But then we're taking away the rights of, pro of, pro of business owners to make those actions. Or at some point, the money printer will dry that up and create cause this uh, medical system problem to go away but that could be a long time and now everyone's lost their jobs yeah, yeah, yeah look I spoke about this one you know when all the discrimination laws were getting put up it's like you know what do we do like we should stop businesses from being able to discriminate against someone I actually think discrimination is healthy like I want to discriminate between people who I think are my friends. I want to discriminate between. Well, we do everything. I like. right? we do, that's what I we choose. Do which water I want to drink, that's a or which pencil I want to pick yeah. up, and everything we do is yeah. discrimination. Exactly. Sure. So, so, so that's like discernment is part of you know uh, human action. That's what we must do. Selecting, choosing. That is that is discrimination. So. As much as the evidence and all of the garbage that's associated with all of this stuff is like unsound, we as, as human beings must be able to discriminate and a business must be able to choose who it wants to hire and who it doesn't want to hire. Um, my point that I made, like I used racism as an example in this old video that I did. And what I said was, let's say you're a, a white redneck employer and you are hiring someone for a particular role. Hey, sorry to interrupt this video just one more time. I'm not running Google ads, so it's actually way less interruption than I normally would have on a video. Um, and that's because it's sponsored by BlockFi. Um, they are opening up the world of Bitcoin and financial products, offering to pay you interest on your Bitcoin, um, better than owning a rental property that you have to manage and control and have the risks. You can just earn interest on it or you can leverage against it. Now, I plan to hold my Bitcoin forever and literally never sell my Bitcoin. So how do you do that? Well, if I need money, I don't want to sell that Bitcoin. I'm going to pay tax on it. All right. I'm going to end up with less and I don't have the Bitcoin anymore. So a better way to do it is to borrow against the Bitcoin. So I've put all my money into Bitcoin. If I want to buy a car or I want to buy a house, I can borrow against it at very, very low competitive rates, get my house, get my car, whatever that may be, and get to keep the Bitcoin. Now, I've done a whole video on this. Uh, you can find it. I'll link it down in the description below how to retire off of Bitcoin without paying taxes. And you can do that with BlockFi services. Um, I'll, I'll link to the video down below. I'm also going to put a link to BlockFi. If you choose to click on that link to check them out, you can earn up to $250 in free Bitcoin just for using that link. And that's it. Let's go ahead and get back to the interview. Someone who doesn't fucking like them. Why would you even want to be there? Like the, the fact that, you know, someone is forced to like you and forced to hire you based on something that they don't like about you, it's actually pathetic. So, so tying that same piece to this is, you know, let businesses not hire the people who don't want to be vaxxed. Um, or whatever, and they can go work somewhere else, and that means the people with probably a brain and a higher intelligence question are going to go set up their own things, do their own things. Like, yeah, I guess the problem with that is, um, again, the, the markets are so distorted that then, well, then the government's going to pressure all the other companies, so they can't hire people. Um, yeah, like these are it, these are just arguments that can't be won because there's no good outcome either way. 
and ultimately it's the system that has to be rebuilt I guess that's it um, I think it's just hard for most people to kind of see down to that level it is and, and, and the question is do, do we want to remain consistent whilst right winning and, and I actually I err on the side of let's be consistent let back BlackRock buy what they want to buy let employers fire who they want to fire or you know whatever like let, let's just cont- let, let that play out because it it's not a pretty ending either way and it's about time we stopped creating more after effects anyway we don't need any of that like irrespective like the, the, the thing is they're going to fire all their good people they're going to keep all their shit people whatever they'll fire some sh- good people like they'll They'll keep some good people, like whatever the case is, right? It's, it's going to be messy, but let's just not touch any more things. Like the, the more we just back off, stay consistent, and the more we put our energy into literally figuring out ways to opt out and figuring out ways to, to you know, build communities and figuring out ways to become more resilient and self-sufficient in groups that are aligned, that's where the energy needs to go. Like, like it's almost... To play a game of tennis, like you need two people. Let's just walk off the court. Right. I think that uh, you just said like resilience, right? And so you talk about like working at a job where people hate you or don't want you there. Um, that's part of the problem that it's become so hard to survive. Um, our money, our currency, as has been used as like a savings technology, and it's very poor at that, right? So it's losing, targeted to lose two percent value per year, and that with the incentives to always spend has forced people to a point where there's no savings and the problem without having savings is you don't have options so if I had six months or a year of of living expenses saved up and my employer did something I don't agree with I have the ability to walk off that job because I have the money for six months or a year to go find other options but when I'm living paycheck to paycheck I'm stuck I'm a servant and they can abuse me as they see fit and again that's back to another symptom that's not right but it's not caused at the symptom level it's caused because the money is not good for a savings level and it gets harder and harder to survive at the same time yeah it's look this this is the tragedy of the commons in action like this is the tragedy of well, the tragedy of the commons is when everybody shares everything, so everybody over abuses everything. So, how does that fit into this? I mean, I, I'm I'm saying it on a on a more meta level, in the sense okay. that you know we we are in a world of collectivism, and we right. try to you know make everything public and, and a common, and we've literally eaten each other alive, and everything is so mixed that there is it's hard to disseminate between what's private property, what's you know freedom of speech, what's the right to refuse, what's the right to discriminate. Like it's all just so messy and we we will spend decades trying to pull it apart and try and figure out what we should do what we shouldn't do and and this is this is the cancer of progressive um law is that you know you create one thing you solve one problem you create 10 more right then you have to solve 10 problems you create 100 yeah and and this is where we are like we're, we're literally at the end of this path or somewhere near the end of it where the thing is so complex now almost anything we do is going to break something else. I talk about it like a giant oak tree with 10,000 leaves. And we could pull one leaf at a time and that's a problem. And we could talk about every little problem on that oak tree, but at the bottom, at the base, Mm -hmm. at the root, 
is the money, mm. the money printer. And so it's like uh, this ball of yarn, you pull one and pulls, but at the end of that yarn, it's like at the bottom, it's the money printer. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, another analogy could be where, you know, we're a patient on life support now that's like being supported by a hundred different drugs and like each of the drugs also interact with each other. And it's like, you know, now you've got a new problem and you've got to add another drug in, but that's going to like yeah. wreck everything else. Like we're literally, the, the economy, the world is a patient on its last legs and in some ways it's you know maybe we just this is why I like sort of Ayn Rand really battled with this in Atlas Shrugged you know for a whole book she's got you know Dagny on one side who's like the the protagonist who she wants to stay and fight because she believes that the looters should not take over the world and John Galt and the rest of them are like you staying and fighting you think you're doing the right thing but all you're doing is keeping their thing alive um, you keep it going and yeah I like I mean I think of things in like a two prong approach though right where it's like we can fight and resist at the mm-hmm. same time so I you know earlier we heard from a constitutional attorney talking about doing things through the legal system and the legal system the political system the education system the media system they all seem captured and controlled like there's really not much we can do there um, but we can win battles of perception and um, I'm it seems that there are some things that we can do and it's probably going to have little effect but we can fight and we can resist so that's the opting out right we can take our money out of the system stop feeding the beast um, we can find a way to self-sustain ourselves so that way we can be resilient or resistant to that so I don't know I think there's I think there could be a two-pronged approach well, it's but, a it's, but at some point a multi-pronged approach yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so like the, the way I try and I, I was having this exact conversation with someone uh, the other week or the other month or whatever I said Bitcoin is the is the one percent that you do that has does ninety percent of the damage. That's that's your warhead, right? Right. But there's still other things that you need to do, and that's where you know the sovereignty. That's where I mean, what you're doing with your channel, what I was doing, you know, with my Twitter, and but you know what I do with my writing and all the other stuff. Right. Like, we are still having an impact, you know, and we're still having a positive impact, and we're changing perception, we're educating people, we're you know slapping some sense into some others, etc. So that needs to continue, and like I. I by no means um, dis- discount or maybe discredit is probably more I, I probably do discount it a little bit but I don't discredit that like I'm happy for people to go and fight that fight because it needs to happen where I sort of get annoyed is when people do that but at the same time simultaneously say oh yeah but Bitcoin's not going to do anything sure like that's just complete madness because sure. that is that's that's the fu- that's the nuclear warhead that's the sure. big thing sure so if we look if we look at uh, history throughout revolution cycles which I talked about earlier today uh, over over I mean basically all of humanity it's this cycle of uh, oppression revolution oppression revolution but it's pretty easy to see right now for anybody we're moving into this this oppression stage right so uh, peak centralization but not just that like um, the way technology is being developed it almost looks like the perfect prison could be there and um, I think it's pretty evident to anybody paying attention that they see that Um, so what I mean what other options do we have to break that trend yeah um I guess we have to look at what gives them the power to build that oppression it comes back to the same thing right so look you know Here's, here's something to think about. I've been doing some thinking on this lately. Everyone talks about, let's build a decentralized Twitter. Let's build a decentralized this, a decentralized that, and all this stuff. And my argument is that trying to build for decentralization is actually a fool's errand. Hmm. Um, 
The only thing that creates natural decentralization in the world and in nature is competition. Yeah. And what is happening in the world today with globalism and with you know collectivism is that it actually eliminates competition. Right. Now, Bitcoin reintroduces competition. Right. So in a Bitcoin world where you cannot socialize losses and privatize gains, in a Bitcoin world where anyone at the bottom can earn the same type of money that you know anyone at the top is earning so you've got right. the capacity to climb up society and they've got the capacity to fall in that kind of a world what you end up having is you end up getting far more fierce competition and in you end up getting you won't get like competition where everyone's even you get the 80 20 kind of spread but that's a perfectly organic natural spread right what we have today is a 99.9 to a 0.01 and the 99.9 are all sort of lowering down to be completely even um, and the 0.01 is this sort of right. elevated piece. Yeah, everyone thinks that socialism is uh, is fairness. But if you look at any socialism or fascism or any of those, um, the majority of people are evenly poor. Yes. But then the top are extremely rich. And so it's even more wealth inequality. Now, the difference is instead of it being 70-30, now it's 95-5 or something. Way more extreme, that's right. the thing. Or 9 so, so, yeah. or whatever. The, 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 I, you can't force people upwards, but you can force them down. Barity to exist. We, and and it, must be, it must be dynamic. Yeah. And this sort of comes back to, like, I wanted to finish up the point of, like, um, equality of outcome, equality of opportunity, and uh, equalities, like, in general, is... Bitcoin gives us a quality of opportunity because those at the bottom have the capacity to climb. Like, uh, yeah. So everyone has the opportunity to climb. Exactly. And everyone also has the opportunity to fall. Right. And it's even across the board. Like you can fall as much as you can climb. And then that creates you know, more competitive pressure um, in society. It creates more competitive upward pressure and it actually creates a corrective mechanism on the way down because you don't have a safety net. You're not yeah. going to be lied to and placated that you know, it's okay to have nothing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right? So, so what we end up getting is, um, is we get dynamic inequality which is far more natural in society. You know, you get, you get the growth, you get the um, correction, you get the ups and downs, but it's, um, it's able to, to do it itself without what we have in today in the fiat society is actually we have fixed inequality. Right. We, if you're poor, if you're at the bottom, you can't climb, no matter what you do. Like, the, you, the more you work, the more you get inflated away, the more you get taxed, the more you lose what you have. And if you're at the top, simultaneously, you can socialize all your losses, you can privatize all your gains, and then us idiots in the middle who are in the, um, you know, upper and middle, uh, lower middle and upper middle class, right. uh, we pay for both. Yeah. And, but we're all fixed, we're stuck there. So, it's, so we actually live in a class system today, no different right. than the feudal system. In fact, probably worse because it's more insidious where Bitcoin creates, we'll still have classes in Bitcoin. You know, we'll have poor, we'll have you know, lower middle class, upper middle class, we'll have all of that. But the, the membranes that separate the classes, they're permeable. People will be able to move right. up and down them. And, the other and thing that, that I would say, important. fairness too, is that nobody can control it. So the fiat money system is unfair because the people that can push the button have an unfair advantage. They can give it to their friends, which gives them an unfair advantage. Um, so the fact that you own the most of it doesn't make it unfair. It's the fact that nobody can control it or create more for themselves and their friends that creates that fair system. 100%. And so then we're stuck back to the way the world should work, which is um, people ask me, well, how are the poor people supposed to get it? And I say, well, by providing value 
to those that have it in exchange, Correct. right? Yeah. yeah. So, so if you're if in the future, and you just nailed it, in the future, if you're a person with no Bitcoin, because you were too, um, like, do you know what? The people who are going to have no Bitcoin in the future are going to fall in a couple categories. They were too dumb. They were too ignorant. They were too arrogant. Or they genuinely didn't have any access to it. Uh, or they weren't born, you know, so, so they were born and they're young, right? So, so somewhere in those five categories. Now, you can stay dumb, ignorant, and arrogant if you want. Um, or if you're in the other two categories where you weren't born, you were too young, or you just genuinely didn't hear about it or have access to getting any, then you go and work. Like, you have two options. You either go and work for the shit money that you're being paid, like, you know, the, the fiat fake funny money, or you go and work for Bitcoin and you start accumulating Bitcoin. You figure out a business, a service, a product, something to provide, yeah. and you accumulate Bitcoin. But the beauty this time is that you can actually keep your wealth and know that it's not going to be leached by somebody. Right. And simultaneously, everybody else that's creating wealth in the world, because Bitcoin will measure everything, and there's a fixed amount, as we produce more as a planet, each the, the purchasing power of the Bitcoin actually grows. It's like holding an ETF on human productivity. Right. So you will benefit in two ways. Your, your own Bitcoin will appreciate in wealth, and you'll continue to compound how much Bitcoin you have. Right. You know, and then that sort of eliminates all this stuff like, you know, the, the, how the fiat model uh, works, like, you know, holding, getting interest from a bank. That won't exist anymore because the interest will be the increase in your purchasing power of the Bitcoin. So you want to just store your Bitcoin. Mm, you don't need interesting, to. Interesting. So, yeah. so it, it actually changes so many things yeah. that we think are normal today that are just going to not exist. Mm. Yeah. So if the purchasing power of my Bitcoin increases, I don't need to go get interest. Interest is yeah. increasing my purchasing power. Well, that's the hope. Well, that's the hope, yeah. yeah. Wow. Interesting. Well, that's good. Good stuff. Um, hopefully that helps <laughs> helps to learn how to think through things. Um, the human body is a complex system, just like the world and the economy is a complex system. So you can't treat symptoms; you have to treat the system. Um, so anyway, some good stuff. Uh, Alex is a deep thinker. If you haven't noticed, uh, he writes some really good papers. Has one out recently. Uh, we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes down below. Um, anything else you want to say, dude? Um, yeah, I mean, if people want to find my new Twitter account, Ghost of Svetsky. So it's, yeah, uh, the Ghost of Svetsky, he got, he got censored on Twitter for speaking truth. We're going to go ahead and make sure we'll link to that on the show notes as well. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Hopefully that is giving you a little bit of insight. Um, always look deeper. Stop looking at symptoms. Look for the cures. And then fight to cure those things. And try to stay consistent. I try to stay consistent. consistent. That's very difficult. Um, yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks.